Something, something, something. No Adam Azer today. It's Chris Towers, Heath Cummings, and Scott White. What's the uh, what's the name for the three of us? Oh, we're there's st- Kratom and and no, and no, we're st- we're still non-zero chance. Adam's just not here. We're gonna play all the hits today, though. We're gonna play the po- prospect report. Okay. We're gonna play all the the non-zero chance hits. We don't need a new name. Adam's just the tambourine. Wow, he's more than the tambourine. He's the lead singer. He's so we're not probably gonna, we're just going to go instrumental here. Uh, no, Chris is going to sing. It could He's be like, a, sometimes Chris is going to screech for Chris it. is going to screech. It and, could be a jam. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to have to play a new song uh, called "Let's Catch Heath Up on What Happened in Baseball." Would you like to tell the people why you were not able to watch any baseball last night? Heath? Uh, I went to a concert. I, I tweeted through it. I think the people probably largely saw that. But, yeah, it was a country cu- music concert in a country music dance hall. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was quite an experience. They did not... They, they had good beer, which okay. was good. Okay. I was able to drink a uh, hop gun. Oh, that's good beer. But then once the concert started and I was up at the stage... Can't go get beer. You, you can. There was a little bar right next to me, but all they had was a different type of beer that is not as good. <laughs> you can't go. If you're up at the front, you, what, are you going to push through people to get back to your seat? I did it like three times. That's... I had no seat. Bad luck. No seat. We were just standing in the mosh pit. That's even worse. Yeah. Was Was there any moshing? There was no moshing. Was there any line dancing? There was a lot of line dancing. Did your pearl snaps come undone? Uh, only one. Okay. Scott, how's it going? Hey, Chris. I'm excited about you something this morning. You are excited. You want to just... It's the biggest news of the day. Yeah, there's about to be a Mac attack. A Mac truck is coming through the league here. Mac Williamson. More like Williams' dad. Yeah, because like I'm... big and strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's your large adult son. Is no, that how that your, joke works? He's, your he's my large, large adult, adult son. son yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't... In awe at the size of this unit. I, I am yeah. really disappointed. Why? You were so excited. You had a twinkle in your eye when you walked in this morning before you even knew the Mac Williamson news. Uh-huh. This, Mac Williamson is the second biggest news of the day. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. The biggest news of the day is Scott White catching his first dong ever. Oh, oh. yeah! <laughs> Congratulations! We all picked Mets to homer off Matt Whistler, and I picked the right Met. He didn't even homer off Matt Whistler, did he? Yes, okay. he did. It was one of the two hits Matt Whistler allowed. So I'm so, sure we'll talk about Matt Whistler today. But I want to get back to Mac Williamson here, okay? Because he... Um, deep sleeper before the season for Yeah, you. deep sleeper. Like, deep, deep sleeper. I did deep, draft deep him sleeper. in a couple 15-team leagues. I've since dropped him in those. But, you know, deeper leagues than that, 24 teams, NL only. I got a lot of Mac Williamson out there. And uh, he worked with the same hitting guru who made Justin Turner what he is today. Had a huge spring. Then went to AAA and hit 487 with six home runs and 50 at-bats. It looks like Hunter Pence is going on the DL, so Mac Williamson is up, hopefully to play every day. Um, and, like, part of my enthusiasm is because this is somebody who's 
a complete afterthought in fantasy. 27-year-old, seems like opportunity had passed him by. Nobody's interested in him. So I want to clarify, like, this is a low-probability play. I'm not picking him up in all my 12-team leagues. He would need a big game or two for me to do that. Uh, but anything 15 teams or more, this is the kind of player I think worth getting excited about because while the probability is low, I think the upside is really high. ton of raw power that the scouts always thought was there, and just hopefully this adjustment is helping him tap into it. So, so what you're saying is... Um not necessarily something we should have let the show off with. Not necessarily. Heath, would you like to poo-poo on it for, let's say, eight seconds? Weren't we playing a game where you guys going to tell me what happened last night? Mac Williamson got called up. <laughs> that happened after I get to work today. It's happening. Oh, okay. Yes, well, it's, All right. it's fine. We are going to tell Heath what happened last night. We are going to talk about pitchers from last night. A lot of interesting stuff happened, including Matt Harvey... Maybe losing his job. We're going to talk about most added players, some prospects. We're going to preview week five. We're going to get to your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. But let's start with some injuries, news, and notes. Mickey Calloway has not decided if Matt Harvey will make his next start. That's because Matt Harvey was bad yet again yesterday. Gave up six runs on eight hits, four strikeouts, one walk, and six innings of work. It's amazing they let him get through six innings. He was laboring through this start. Um, I think he only had five swing strikes last night. Is Matt Harvey done? Like, if you want a clear indication that Matt Harvey's done, Team Scam spite dropped him in the middle of that game last night. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it wasn't a spite drop. We were, we were looking for an opportunity to, to drop Brandon Bell. But, it, yeah, in a 16-team league, uh, I was on board with dropping Harvey, which... Means I, I'm basically done with Harvey at this point, I think. The velocity's only gotten worse since a year ago. Um, none, of the, none of the glowing narratives we were seeing this spring have really followed him to the diamond, and uh, I, I think it's been long enough. I, it was worth holding on to that hope as high as the upside is and as um, troublesome as his rehabilitation was, but I, I think it's enough. I think it's time to move on. And uh, Jason Vargas working his way back. So I would assume that somebody in the Mets rotation is pitching for their job. Matt Harvey may have lost that competition, but you know Stephen Matz was not very good, what, just the day before? So Yeah, he has a lot of strikeouts this year, but it's kind of fluky. And, um, I mean, Zach Wheeler just got called up from the minors. has had one really good start, one so-so yeah. start. So there's... Yeah, it, it it's not necessarily going to be Harvey, but the fact Callaway, who was his biggest fan in spring, it seemed like um, he, he didn't give him a vote of confidence. I don't think that bodes well for him. All right, Ryan Braun hopes to play Friday. He was able to get in the lineup or get in a pitch-hitting appearance he was in the on lineup. Thursday. He was just he was in, the in the lineup, lineup later in the one game. One time. He was not in the starting lineup. Uh, he did hit a home run, so his calf injury does not seem to be bothering him too much. Uh, Tommy Pham did not start Thursday as well, but he was also able to pinch hit, so his groin injury does not seem too serious. Uh, does that mean Tyler O'Neill is just going to be a bench guy for the next week and then get sent down? Yep. I think so. Freddie Freeman was in the lineup after his hit-by-pitch on Wednesday. He went two for three with two singles, did not hit a home run off of Matt Harvey. So I don't know. Is he okay? If he didn't hit a home run off Matt Harvey, he's fine. I'd be worried. 
Xander Bogarts went through agility drills on Thursday. That's a good sign as he progresses back from his fractured ankle. Luis Perdomo was optioned to AAA. Kendris Morales is coming off the DL Friday. Ken Giles has been dealing with a back injury. So does that make you feel better about Ken Giles, or do you think the, the back injury is a result of his poor performance rather than the other way around? Um, it, I like excuses when they seem <laughs> like they're valid excuses. I, I like making excuses for players who I think are good, and I think Ken Giles is a good pitcher, and this might be reason why he struggled. Uh, his stock is still down just because the Astros have been experimenting with other options in the ninth. But, but if he's right... Yeah, I mean, Hinch, Hinch has said he still expects Giles to lead the team in saves. Uh, Zach Britton will throw off a half mound Friday, so that's a good sign in his recovery from an Achilles that, injury. He had an Achilles injury, and now they're having him throw off a half mound? Shouldn't they just use a full-size mound? That seems risky. I don't understand the, the like joke. A, like half the mound's just not there? I don't... It's, it, it's a shorter mound, Heath. Oh, how that just half the mound cut the other way. Oh, boy. Ryan Healy will begin a rehab assignment at AAA today. I wrote that awkwardly. Hunter Pence will, is dealing with a thumb injury. Mac Williams will get called up, as I already said, <laughs> in case you missed it the first time. Thank you, Heath. And let's look at the most added players around baseball at CBS Fantasy Sites. Jed Lowry is up 42%. He's up to 83%. How long do you think that lasts? Is he the kind of guy that you just ride while he's hot and drop as soon as he cools down? I think it's going to last. I think that you need enough players of his position in Roto Leagues that he should be owned. And I think he's going to be good enough in points to where he should mostly be started. Yeah, when he's healthy. I mean, he was top 12 in that format last year. He was top 20, 20 or 21, I think, in Roto. I think he was 21st. Which, you know, obviously you start more hitters. So that... Yeah, you could you could argue he's border he was borderline rosterable just based on last year's numbers. Now he's on a fifty homer pace right now. If he had half as many home runs as he does, he'd still be way ahead of what pace he should be on. Um, but you know, even as a fifteen homer guy who gets on base and hits a lot of doubles, there's value there. Would you rather have Jed Lowry or Christian Villanueva, who has also been added in forty two percent of leagues? He's up to fifty eight percent. Lowry for sure. Yeah. I mean, Vienna Wave is going to hit more home runs, I think. But there are uh, questions about his skill set otherwise. All right. Chad Bettis is up to 42%. He's 35% up. Third most added player. Was he a two-star pitcher this week? Or what's going on there? That doesn't make any sense. He's been awesome. Um, No chance I would be adding him. I can't think of the league that I would add him in. Scott? Um, What? Who was it again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good. Moving on. Joey Lucchese is up 32%. He was only 49% owned a week ago. I, we think he should be universally owned, right? 10 team, 99, team. 99%. Yeah. Francisco Cervelli up 29% as well. Hyunjin Ryu is actually up to 68%. Do you think that's too high? His velocity is actually up just a tad this season. I think it's about a mile per hour over last April. So that's that's a good sign for a guy who has dealt with a lot of shoulder issues in the past couple of years. And before dealing with those shoulder injuries, has been a good pitcher. Yeah, he's off to a good start. Uh, I gave him a, 
I frequently gave him the benefit of the doubt last year, and it never seemed to last very long, so I'm skeptical of him even now. But with a good offense backing him, it seems like he's getting priority every time through the rotation over Kinta Maeda, so you don't worry about him missing turns so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's... Yeah, I think he's I think he's fringy mixed league material. He is a guy who doesn't have a super high ceiling, but he does have a career like three three ERA. So Yeah, and really good at his best, really good control. Like you expect a low whip from him. And the most dropped players, obviously, two guys who are having Tommy John surgery, Talon Walker and Denelson Lamet, Josh Harrison broke a uh, hand. Broken hand. Sure. Uh Tyler Malley down sixteen percent area. Less interested in Tyler Malley now. Scott dropped him as well in our 16-team league. For Mac Williamson this morning, oh, yeah. without asking Adams' With, permission. Without asking Azer. You beg, wow. beg forgiveness rather than ask permission. Am I right, fellas? That, that's correct. That is the saying. Marco <laughs> Gonzalez down 16%. He was actually pretty good last night. Are we, uh, are we giving up on Marco Gonzalez? Uh, w- giving up? I mean, I don't... No, I don't have a lot of hope for... Marco Gonzalez. He did have eight strikeouts in four and two-thirds innings on eight swinging strikes. Not a hard thrower. I, I don't think has a lot of bat-missing potential. And it's a good start where he went four and two-thirds innings. So so that's a no. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Thursday's standouts, Heath. We'll, uh, oh, is this where we play the we'll game? Just, we'll or you guys tell me what happened? Uh, on Scott and I. But Scott, do you have a standout today? Sure, I do. I have several standouts to tell you about. The first... Will be. <laughs> I got to stand up. Jamer Candelario. <laughs> Jamer Candelario hit a home run yesterday, right? He did hit a home run. Third of the season for yep, Jamer Candelario. Yep. He's nine for 17 with three homers and a triple over um, over the last the recent stretch here. And, I mean, you look at what he did last September for Detroit. A guy who walks a lot. Uh, I don't know that he's going to have the big power you expect from a corner infielder, but I think he has like 20 homer upside. Uh, Three homers in his last four games. Uh, like he might be the Jed Lowry of third baseman. Okay. In that, at the start, at the start of things, when there's, you know, the 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 world is your oyster and everybody's, you're only seeing potential in everybody. You're not seeing. The downside of any like you could pass over Candelario, but by mid season, okay, um, yeah. Like, I was trying to figure out where you were going. <laughs> by mid season, he's gonna be if he's healthy and performing like I think he should. He's gonna be in a lot of lineups. That little grain of sand has turned into a slightly more interesting grain of sand. Yes, Jammer Candelario. Heath, you were going to say you had a standout. Yes, I couldn't tell. If you Lewis Brinson. Lewis Brinson, hit double dong. Double dong for Lewis Brinson. And there's a little narrative here. We like the story, right? Well, revenge game. Well, it was the revenge game, but also he sat out their entire series in New York to get his head right. He got his head right. He hit two dongs. Lewis Brinson has been miserably bad in the major leagues. That yeah. has continued this year. These were his first two extra base hits of the season. He struck out 20 times in his first 15 games. But there's still so much upside. I, I don't think there's as much upside as we thought before the year because he's only attempted one steal and he's not really looked that interested in running. But And he was like, I think it was 0 for 4 on stolen base attempts in spring training. So that, they, that they, part may be gone. But yeah, they well, they it might also just be 
they need to get his head right in general. You but know, his swing's been off. He's right. hitting a ton of ground balls. This could be the start of something interesting. But I also think he doesn't have to run to be valuable in fantasy. Like he could just hit like he did. Not maybe not quite in AAA, but. Sure. Uh, anybody else have any standouts? Scott, you said you had several. Or we can just move on to what I think was a really interesting pitching day uh, and kind of want to start ranking some guys. Let's go for it. Let's get into it. All right, so some pitchers who were very good last night. Jake Arrieta, 10 strikeouts, 7 innings, 1 hit. He's down to a 2.04 ERA in 3 starts with 16 strikeouts, 6 walks. John Lester turned it around. He's got a 3.10 ERA. 18 strikeouts in 20 and a third. He went six shutout with seven strikeouts yesterday. And Charlie Morton, eight strikeouts, three hits, seven innings against the Seattle Mariners, has a 0.72 ERA with 33 strikeouts, six walks, and 25 innings. And Zach Greinke, one earned run in seven innings, three hits, only two strikeouts, but he's got 23 and 24 innings. I want you to rank those four pitchers Jake Arietta, John Lester Charlie Morton and Zach Greinke Greinke's number one for sure yes and there before the season he was probably 50 spots ahead of the other three not for Scott I think Scott no no not, not, 50, not 50 spots not, not 50 more like 30 okay. maybe 20 no 20 more like 20 Lester was in my top 25 yeah Arietta oh no was... I was talking about overall oh. not a starting pitcher yeah oh okay yeah oh Okay. okay. Yeah, you may be right about that. All right. Um, yeah. So, Granky number one, right? I am because I am tempted I to make more number two. Here. That's where I think I would go. Yeah. I, Heath, you were the bigger Charlie Morton skeptic out of the three of us coming into the season. Yeah, and he's been incredible. Um, I would and in ways that are sustainable. Somewhat, yes. Health permitting. I mean, that's like, that's my biggest question for him. He wasn't healthy last year. He wasn't healthy the year before. Those are the two years uh, where his velocity's kind of spiked at the level it's at now. I'll say Morton, Lester, Arietta. Yeah, his average fastball velocity is up to 96.4. I think it's the fifth highest in baseball so far this season. I mean, this guy's touching 98, 99. Now, what's interesting about what Heath just said is he put Lester ahead of Arietta. When the debate for me was between Morton and Arietta after the start Arietta just had. Oh. Um, and it's f- like... Arietta's curveball yesterday was, uh, was the, ridiculous. The, well, his, two se- his two-seamer was ridiculous. The movement he was just getting on his fastball was ridiculous. And if he, gets, if he can repeat that start after start, he doesn't need his own velocity. His old velocity, I mean. Um, and he didn't have his old velocity back. It was still averaging ninety mid ninety two, yeah, not ninety four like two years ago. Uh, Swinging strike rate for the season for Jake Arrieta is almost half of Charlie Morton's. Yeah, uh, Charlie Morton's sixteen percent. That's probably a little unsustainable, but he's been just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, again, last night, ele- Arietta got eleven swinging strikes just on that fastball. So. Um, like we got to see him do it again, but I, I, I think there's the potential here that I was a little too quick to write Arietta off. So Heath, you went Granky, Lester, Arietta, Morton. No, Granky, Morton, okay. Lester, Arietta, and Scott. I'm telling you about what Jake Arietta did last night. Heath, is it changing yes. your mind? No. Okay. I would go uh, Granky Morton, 
Arietta Lester. And I think they're they're like Grinky is still ten spots, twenty spots ahead of these guys, fifteen mm-hmm. spots maybe. Um, How high are you willing to move Charlie Morton at starting pitcher though? I was just doing that. I think twenty four ish. Okay. So who's in the area with him? John Lester, Jake Arietta, <laughs> James Paxton, uh, Godley. These guys are Nola. Okay. Cueto. Scott, are you moving Charlie Morton up? I am moving Morton up, yes. All right, let's talk about some other good pitchers on Thursday. Aaron Sanchez limited the Yankees to two runs in six innings, seven hits, only two strikeouts, two walks. Matt Wisler, as we mentioned, eight strikeouts in seven innings, one earned run allowed. And Eduardo Rodriguez allowed two runs in six innings with five strikeouts and three walks. Rank those three. I know, Heath, you hate Aaron Sanchez. (laughs) I do hate Aaron Sanchez. Um, It's well-established why. Who am I ranking him with, Wisler and Rodriguez? Yes. Mm -hmm. He's first. Okay. Uh, Rodriguez is right in that same range. Okay. I think I would, like, I don't have a lot of confidence in Rodriguez staying healthy and being consistent. I think I know what Sanchez is. It just doesn't excite me at all. Well, here's the problem with Sanchez and why I'm actually willing to move him behind Eduardo Rodriguez, who I think I do like more than you. But his velocity's been down a couple miles per hour in each of his last two starts. Two starts in a row. Not as much velocity. And obviously he hasn't been getting... He hasn't been missing bats all season. Yeah, so it's, 15 strikeouts and 25 and two-thirds. And he doesn't have that extreme ground ball rate he did. Well, actually, the ground balls are kind of high. It's just... Um, yeah, no, never mind. The blue ground balls are pretty high. But not the stuff doesn't look quite the same, and he's not missing any bats. And Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, has the ability to do that in a way that's gone un- underappreciated. I mean, Sanchez has never missed any bats. Um, yeah, but it's kind of... Well, he's missed bats. Like, how many strikeouts did he have two years ago? It was It was over seven per nine. It wasn't a terrible rate. Yeah, it was a little below average, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this year, it's it's you know he's been chinning okay, how wrong. Do you, how do you compare Aaron Sanchez to two guys who were bad last night, Jamison Tyone and Luke Weaver, who had their first bad starts of the season? He's well behind them. Not even in the same conversation. Yeah, are Jamison Tyone and Luke Weaver in the John Lester Zach Granke conversation or uh, John Lester Jake Arrieta conversation? Yes, yes, mm. I I think they are, especially Weaver. Um, he gave up six runs in four innings on nine hits yesterday, but. Yeah. The Cubs are very good. It was, in the way the Cardinals beat writer described it, death by a thousand cuts. It was, um, you know, a lot of holes being found. And it's not like Weaver was getting knocked around out there. And it kind of was one of those snowball effect things because after mixing in his curve a lot, the first couple starts, it was a new pitch he developed. uh, He worked on this spring and was throwing it as often as this changeup. He he had to abandon it in this start just because he had to get things over the plate. So it was, it seems like, he he gets a pass for this start for me. Yeah, I had him below this group about ten spots, more in the Kyle Hendricks, Sonny Gray range. Uh, Tyone was kind of in between the two. I'm a little bit like we were looking at it yesterday, and you mm-hmm. were talking about how Jamison Tyone isn't striking anybody out, and so he was due for some negative regression. And um, wait, what? No, you weren't doing that. I was I was doing a thing. Oh, you remember when we talked about Jamison Tyone? Yeah, yeah, he's striking like out this, plenty of people. His swinging strike rate is awful. Sure. And it looks like it kind of caught up to him here. Maybe. So the way I the way I view Tyone and he he has he throws really hard and you would expect a lot of strikeouts and he has a healthy strikeout rate for his career. It's 
about average. This year it's been above average. The one thing he does exceptionally well is he induces a lot of weak contact. Um, he's very much like Kyle Hendricks in that way, but he's a Kyle Hendricks who throws 95 instead of 85. Um, but, you know, this was a bad start. There's there's no getting around that. And, you know, just I, I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like the Pirates are doing to him what they did to Garrett Cole, where they're just he's thro- he's he's throwing a two seam fastball more than his stuff suggests he should. Like his secondary stuff is great, doesn't get to throw it enough. His four seamer is great, that, and we saw that the first start. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the Giants. the The Pirates have this philosophy pitch to contact to, to go deeper into the game. Didn't I kind of feel yesterday. like it's ruining Tyone. Did not work yesterday. That's my that's my broad take. He only broad threw one Tyone and two third innings yesterday. Yeah, uh, two other pitchers who were very bad yesterday. Alex Cobb has been uh, not good to start his Baltimore oh, Orioles career. Five earned runs on ten hits, four strikeouts in three and a third innings. Uh, the Tigers absolutely beat him up yesterday. Does Alex Cobb deserve to be owned? He's sixty four percent owned right now. He was owned yesterday by the Tigers. <laughs> like he's not going to be this bad all year. No. Uh, but you could probably make better use of that roster spot right now. I doubt this is the last time Alex Cobb is owned in a 12-team mixed league. I just don't know that there's much reason to preserve him right now. And Nick Trapiano struggled in his second start of the season, allowed five runs in five and a third innings. It was against the Red Sox, so that's kind of... They do that to everybody right now. Yeah, I wouldn't take too much from this. Uh, do, would you rather have him or Alex Cobb? Trapiano. I'd rather have Cobb. And Chase Anderson was kind of mad yesterday. He's been kind of mad this season. He's got a 3.25 ERA, but the strikeouts haven't been there the way they were yet last year. Velocity hasn't been down. there. Yeah. A little worried about Chase Anderson, one of the uh, one of the better breakouts of last season. All right, before we move on, let's talk about the draft app. We're going to talk about prospects first, but at the draft app, you just use regular Major League players. You've heard Adam talk about the draft app. I also have the draft app on my phone, and I love playing Daily Fantasy Baseball on draft. I like it because I get a new team every single night, and I get exposure to players that I don't have in my single in my seasonal leagues. When you've got some teams that are doing as poorly as mine are in the season long, <laughs> it's nice to be able to draft a roster every day so you need to start playing on draft get into a real money draft for free if you use our promo code fb today when you make your first deposit on draft again that promo is fb today if you love fantasy baseball you will definitely love this app you get to do a snake draft every day as often as you like for as little as one dollar you can win cash and get paid out the next day download the draft app right now or go to draft.com Our listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. Just use the promo code FBTODAY when you make your first deposit. Again, search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and enter the promo code FBTODAY. Scott, let's talk about some prospects. Yeah. the prospects report earlier this week. I did. did not get to it on yesterday's podcast. No. Let's do it today. Nobody exciting has gotten called up yet. Like, Mac Mac Williamson is... (laughs) The most reason we've had to get excited about a there, there are a lot of players we think are going to yeah. get like we keep we keep saying mm-hmm. boy this is the one yeah well I mean and it's, then it's still like it, it could still be any week for Acuna he just has to get hot um 
So that's obviously the most important one, but he's you know universally owned. Glaber Torres, there was some rumblings about maybe him getting called up to take over at third base where the Yankees are missing Brandon Drury. And he's actually off to a good start in the minors this year after a rough spring. The Wednesday was the first day the Yankees could, or actually I guess it was yesterday, it was the first day the Yankees could call him up and retain a year of team control. Obviously they didn't. So we're still in a holding pattern there. Nick Senzel's off to a slow start. Um, and it sounds like Eugenio Suarez isn't going to miss too much time. So I'm kind of skeptical that's going to happen. But he's still among my top prospects to stash. David Dahl, we talked about him yesterday. Legitimate five-category potential, especially with his home games at Coors Field. But he probably needs two openings with Ryan McMahon already in the majors. Two openings to break into the lineup. You know what's frustrating about the Rockies? What? Their lineup's kind of bad. But I think Coors Field kind of covers that up a little bit. Like, beyond Arenado, Blackman, LeMayhew, the rest of the lineup's kind of crappy, right? It's not. Like, Trevor Story's okay. It's not good, but, like, Blackman and Arenado are two of the best hitters in baseball. Right, but you can still improve. They yes. could improve. They yes. could improve by starting McMahon. They could improve by starting Dahl, like, I think. For sure. The, Which the is why guy, I think it's going to happen. And, but that's what's frustrating, is that they have clear upgrades. Yeah. And they had clear upgrades coming into the season. It's not like Ian Desmond and Gerardo Parra are like... I mean, I know Desmond's making a lot of money, but mm-hmm. those are not guys who should have locked down spots. Those guys are probably making $30 million combined, aren't they? Probably, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a bad t- plan. T- tough to sit $30 million on the bench. That's a bad plan. But that's... That's frustrating because there are clear potential options to upgrade there yep. that would be very exciting for fantasy. I think we would love to see Ryan McMahon and David Dahl get a shot, and it just doesn't seem like if it hasn't, if not now, when? Uh, well, Later. It's a long season. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're maybe, what, one eighth into the season? Is that right? About a tenth. Tenth, even less than so, even less than that. Um, yeah, it's a long season. It'll happen. If it wasn't for all the rainouts, we'd be like halfway through this. Yeah, season. maybe. Uh, any other prospects that you want to talk about? Um, so, obviously, Jack Flaherty's still a big stash and will be the first one up whenever somebody goes down to the Cardinals rotation, which is inevitable. But otherwise, I mean, there haven't been, like, a lot of the other prospects who we talked about stashing before the season, Austin Hayes, Willie Calhoun, are just not doing much in the minors yet. And a lot of a lot of that probably has to do with um, something that's been brought up for Acuna a lot. Minor league season started later compared yeah. to the start of the major league season and then the past because they started the major league season so early there was a long layoff for all of these guys between spring training and when they started getting minor league at bats so we're seeing a lot of slow starts down there preston tucker's not gonna lose his job right he's on yeah. fire well he's got he, he is on fire you, like, you um, can't bench him right now he's actually tied i think with harper yes. and RBI. rbi yeah uh but yeah he's he's like you look at like I know Nick. There, I'm there's not, an I'm argument. Not, I'm not saying Preston Tucker should block Ronald Acuna. Yeah, but he currently is. I don't. I don't think that's how it is. Well, no, I, no, no. I think if Acuna did what he was supposed to be doing in the minors, they'd have no issues benching Preston Tucker. I mean, one thing that gets overlooked here because the Braves have only faced two left-handed pitchers somehow this season. Uh, Preston Tucker, they don't like even with Acuna down, they don't view him as an everyday player. They sat him against both the lefties they did face. 
So when they start facing more lefties, I think we'll we'll see where their loyalties lie. So Preston Tucker loses his job before Nick Markakis. Yes. I mean, I know Nick Markakis is an unexciting player for fantasy purposes, doesn't have a lot of power from a corner guy, and that's that's annoying to have a lineup spot blocked by that. But look at his on-base percentage. And they seem to love him in the middle of the order uh, because he doesn't strike out with men on base. He had, you know, he seems to be a pretty good RBI guy from that standpoint. And obviously he's making a lot of money. So I don't, I, I think he loses his job before Tucker. All right. Before we move on, we're going to preview week five. We're going to get to some of your emails, fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. But before we move on, at the real Mike Life has offered some name suggestions for uh, for the different groupings on the podcast. They're pretty good. Would you like, like to hear them? When Towers and Azer are together, Taser. Taser, okay. Taser, that's good. When what? Scott and Heath are together, Scum. Scum? Scum? Wait. Where's that? Cummings. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. He's mixing in last names and first names here. Yeah. You're gonna I, have to, I thought you're gonna he have just didn't like us. Gum. White, Heath, and Azer. Weezer. White, Heath, and Azer's Weezer. Okay. Adam Azer and Heath Cummings are Adamazings. Why aren't we just ham? Adamazings. Ham. And <laughs> Towers, Heath, White, and Cummings. Teeth whitenings. Towers, Heath, White, and Cummings? Yes. So I'm here twice. I guess so. <laughs> I just wanted to share that. I thought it yeah, was fun. That was, that was excellent. Thank you for that submission. You know what else is excellent? Blue Apron. I've been doing Blue Apron a couple times a week. I just got my, my box yesterday. It's got some Parisian steak fritas. I'm very excited for that. It's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Not only can you get great food from Blue Apron... You can get $30 off your first delivery if you go to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. That's blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. Here's what I love about Blue Apron. The ingredients are fresh and non-GMO. gets delivered right to my door. In my case, it sits at the front desk of my apartment building until I go pick it up, but it's great. They keep it cold. The meals take less than 45 minutes to make, and I get to eat meals that I would normally Never make like popcorn chicken with sweet chili cabbage slaw and seared steaks with lemon parmesan and roasted potatoes. They've got meat, pasta, shrimp, vegetarian options. There are plenty of recipes that you'll love on Blue Apron. So if you want to get started, go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Get $30 off your first delivery. I love Blue Apron and I know you will love it too. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Let's preview week five. Week five in air quotes. Week, week six. Five. Week 12. That's uh, week. Week five. five. The week that runs from week, April 23rd to April 29th. It's definitely not week six. It may be week four for a lot of people listening week if they combine the half week with the first full week. Week 423. It's September 1st. All right. Let's look at some <laughs> of the. September Scott, do you have your uh, your hitting matchups yet? I do not. Okay. No. Then let's talk about two start pitchers. It's. I get it. You got, you got work to do. You got to do it on Friday. Yeah. Two-star pitchers. Guys who are available in, let's say, under 60% of leagues. Alex Cobb will be available in under 60% of leagues. I don't think he's someone that we're interested in, although he does have good matchups. Oof. Tampa Bay versus Detroit. Is there any chance you might no. start Alex Cobb? Oh, it's a revenge game. 
Not a chance. Sure. Re- it, two revenge games. Is it in Tampa? It is at home. Mm, no. It's going to take revenge on you. Zach Davies, 64% owned at Kansas City and at the Cubs. Any interest there? No. In a points league. Vince Velasquez versus Arizona versus Atlanta. I mean, with the kind of run he's on right now, I feel like this is the best of the options we've gone over so far. Agreed. Is there anybody else that you guys see? No. And we talked yesterday about um, how bad Jake Faria's matchups are for this upcoming week and how there's no way you could trust him. And I'm just, I'm not sure I'm totally on board with that. At because Baltimore, at Boston, he has a 692 ERA. Yeah. But obviously his last two starts were good. Got, overcame the control issues that affected him the first two starts. And I, the, the bottom line is I have confidence in Jake Faria as a pitcher. And I feel like sometimes we make so much of the matchups. Like, they shouldn't trump how you feel about the pitcher. Ultimately, I'd rather start a good pitcher with bad matchups than a bad pitcher with good matchups. So I think among those less than 80% owned, Faria is probably my second favorite. Mike Leake's a two-chart pitcher? Yes, but he has... Uh, he's got the White Sox and then at Cleveland. Yeah, I'd start Mike Leake for sure. 51% owned Mike Leake worth streaming. How about some lower-end guys? Brandon McCarthy has very good matchups. Well, one very good matchup and one pretty good one. At Cincinnati, at Philadelphia. Would you rather have him or Mike Leake? Uh, I'll go Leake. Yeah, me too. McCarthy or Faria? Faria. Faria. Velasquez. Velasquez. Those look like bad matchups for McCarthy. Am I wrong? At Cincinnati, at Philadelphia. Well, the Reds are just awful. Yeah, the Reds are awful. Phillies, Phillies are tough. That's a, Phillies that's a bad have a good matchup. lineup, and okay. they're both Homer, like two of the worst parks in, for pitchers in baseball. What about Tyler Malley versus Atlanta at Minnesota? Uh, no, no, no. I don't have a lot of faith in Malley, to be honest. Do we need to pay more attention and give more respect to Matthew Boyd? At Pittsburgh, at Baltimore, so with like I don't mediocre-ish matchups, but he's been very good so far. He has, in a way, I don't trust. But like, if you're looking for a two-start streamer off the waiver wire, it's going to be a guy who's not fully trusted. That goes without saying. He's on a nice run. He had those. I mean, those. I know. I know the Pirates got off to a great start offensively, but they haven't been as good recently. Um, so those look like pretty good matchups. Uh, I think he's probably going to explode. His Sierra... That could go one way or the other. His Sierra <laughs> is higher... He's the goat, his, right? His Sierra is higher than his Caper 9. That is a really, well, really bad piece of information. Well, he has a... How high is his Caper 9? Because if it was like 1... 5.12. Okay, so that's not very good. He has a 98% strand rate, which basically means he's allowed one runner to score from on base this year. He's allowed a 132 BABIP. This, the, just no chance this lasts. <laughs> it might last two more games, but it's unlikely. So that's, that's a no. No. Scott, that's I, a... He's still probably third on the list for me. Uh, maybe fourth behind Lee. Yeah, let's put... Among those names we've gone over so far, I would put him fourth. I would rather Velasquez, start... Velasquez, Faria, Leak. You would rather start Boyd over McCarthy? Yes. I would rather start every other name that you've said so far. What about uh, Eric Skoglund? No. Okay. <laughs> I found one. Let's talk about some emails. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. From John in Austin. No, from Julian. 
Excuse me. It looks like it's... Oh, no, okay. Azer, Azer put these emails in. A terrible, terrible formatting. So the no separations is, okay. between the emails. It's a disaster. Yeah. Come on, Adam. From Julian, what are your thoughts on trading Chris Sale and Luis Castillo for Carlos Carrasco and James Paxton in a head-to-head lead? Nope. I don't really see the point. Like, Paxton's definitely better than Castillo. Sale's definitely better than Carrasco, but like the differences between all of them, I guess. Would you rather have the ace? I would rather. I'd have rather ace. have the ace for sure. I do. I almost always prefer the side of the deal getting the best player. From John in Austin, this one's actually from John in Austin. From Sil La and Bull, would you discuss your favorite outfield waiver wire options in a non-roto league? Would you drop Puig for Thames, Hicks, Harara? Odubel Herrera. Herrera? Herrera. <laughs> or Michael Brantley. Would you drop Yasiel Puig for any of those guys? I wouldn't. Uh, Brantley and Herrera are interesting, especially in head-to-head points because of the plate discipline, but Yasiel yeah. Puig's plate discipline's fine, too. I think I'd rather have Brantley in points. You know what? Like... I I led I wrote a column yesterday, Fantasy Fools Gold, and I led it with Eric Thames. But he's talking about a shallow league here, a non roto league. Um Yeah, a league I, where I feel like I'd be willing era. to sacrifice Puig for in, in that like a league of that shallowness. Be willing to sacrifice him for Thames just to see where it goes. All right. Mike wants to point out that Javier Baez's walk rate looks like it's around ten percent, but it's really 3.3%. This was before yesterday's game. Four of his six walks were intentional. I looked it up yesterday. When he has batted between first and sixth in the lineup, he has a 281 career on base percentage and like a 4% walk rate. Uh, he actually has like 30 career intentional walks batting out of the seven, eight, and nine spots. So something to keep in yeah. mind his apparent improvement in plate discipline. Uh, that, that's a good not, catch. Has not necessarily been what it seems to be. But however, that's it. He is striking out less. He's swinging and missing less. He's going the opposite way le- or more often. Yesterday, I think he had a, a harder, triple, harder contact, way. more fly balls, more line drives, and everything but the walks. His, <laughs> his manager basically said it's happening, and said if he lays off the low and away pitch, he's Manny Ramirez. And to be fair, he's still swinging and missing a lot. It's, uh, I'm just he's, telling not, he's not Manny Ramirez. We've it's never like, seen Joe Madden say anything about any Cubs players that did not turn out to be completely and totally true. That is 100% factual. From Rob, hello, <laughs> Catboy, Owlet, and Gecko. Is that, that's something. Yep. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's probably animated. Yeah, that seems like a fair guess. I'm in a 10-team head-to-head categories league and overrun with first baseman. I like that visual. It's like Jurassic Park, but like Justin Bohr and Matt Carpenter. Even with corner infield and utility positions, he just has too many guys. Carlos Santana, Reese Hoskins, Justin Bohr, and Yonder Alonso. Would it be ill-advised to drop Yonder Alonso for a guy who's hot at the plate right now like Cesar Hernandez, Matt Joyce, Matt Kemp, Steve Pierce, or Ether? The only one that I would consider dropping Yonder Alonso for is Cesar Hernandez, uh, just because he gives you the stolen bases a little bit. He's a good batting average guy. Yeah, what I would yeah. say is you're not going to need Yonder Alonso. So Probably not. Would you? So you would drop Yonder Alonso before Justin Bohr? I would. Yeah. Mm, 
That's a tough one. Those two are close for me. I do agree Cesar Hernandez needs to be owned over one. I'd I'd probably drop Bohr just because of the limitations of his lineup. Uh, by the way, I looked it up. Catboy, Alet, and Gecko. It is an animated... They are characters from the animated show PJ Masks about six-year-old vigilantes. Yes, I That's have watched that show, actually. Too young to be Multiple vigilantes. Multiple times. Yeah? Uh, Lucas likes that show a lot. Yes. Too that, young that, to be vigilantes. It is too young to be a vigilante. It's dangerous out there, kids. Dear Joker, Penguin, and Scarecrow. From an animated thing. <laughs> Should we be concerned about Wilson Contreras? No home runs yet and doesn't seem particularly special. Brian does not think Wilson Contreras is special. He hasn't really heard us talk about him on the podcast. What do we think? We haven't talked about him because we don't have any concerns. Wilson Contreras is special. Wilson Contreras is going to be fine. Contreras to popular belief. And just to point out his... The, the one limitation in his game before this season was probably that he had too many ground balls. He had a 54% ground ball rate in 2016 and 2017. That's down to 44%. So he should do it again. He's hitting more balls in the air, not getting power production from it yet, although he does have some doubles, so it's not like he's been a nothing. Uh, so, no, no concern. Tales of a fourth grade nothing. Wilson Contreras. I'm sorry. These things just oh, come to me, and I have to say them out loud. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I think that's, I think that's a good place to end the podcast. Looking forward to your outro. This is it. <laughs> that's <laughs> just the podcast is done. It's Thanks over. for listening. It's ruined. We'll see you on Monday. Have a nice weekend. <laughs>